0: Hey, thank you very much for downloading episode sixteen of Ultimate Couch Fans. I'm Christian O'Connell, Brian Lacey, somewhere in the world right now with ACB and Frank Mir, probably in some sweet. Uh, maybe might be a Swedish sauna, a uh, Brazilian. Um, goodness knows where he is right now. He might even be having a Brazilian. I don't even know. If you know he's, he's in Brazil or he's in Canada. So uh, different episode this week, and I think you'll like the changes. Out with Bry, out with Turkish Bry, Bry who? In with. Dan Hardy. Dan Hardy. Uh, I can't wait for you to have listened to this chat. I I could have gone longer with Dan. I've I've always found Dan a very, very interesting guy. And uh, you'll find out why. He had we were making, as we were doing this chat, we, I was actually making notes of what he was saying. It's fascinating. It's a brilliant chat with him. And then we go to, I guess, the kind of co-host this week, um, and that's the Real Karate Kid. The SAMHSA steps up as you all hear. Uh, if you enjoy today's show, rate and review it on iTunes. If you've got any emails for us, questions when we return, we're on a break next week. Uh, I've got to go and fly uh, to Brazil to bust Brian out of prison, where I'm afraid there was an embarrassing incident on beach and a beach and, and a makeshift grappling camp he's trying to set up. Um, uh, they didn't buy his story that grappling's best if you're naked <laughs> um so I've, you know it's an international incident i need to fly up there and deal with him uh i like when i last spoke to him he was covered in talcum powder and weeping um so he just kept asking for more imperial leather from frank i just i don't know what's going on but i've got to go out there and deal with this um if you've got any questions for the show when we're back oc at ultimate couchfans.com. enjoy dan hardy and then the real karate kid I had this image of you down there uh, running across your uh, front room and sort of doing uh doing leaps and handstands and twists to get to the phone.
2: No, that's what the wife was doing while I was making a smoothie. I'd, <laughs> I, I needed to make some breakfast. I know it's uh, half 4 in the afternoon, but this is my breakfast time.
0: Is it why is it your breakfast time?
2: Well, I, I just I tend to work into the night. I don't I, mean, I think it's partly to do with the the UFC pay-per-view schedule. I have to stay up and watch the fights live. So you know, usually I'm getting to bed at, you know, sort of six o'clock on Sunday morning, and that kind of messes up my, my weekly schedule. And then I, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a night owl anyway. I, I, when I, I do my best work between sort of midnight and four o'clock, so I tend to stay up.
0: <laughs> when did you, how long did it take you to realise that? Because most people don't know that actually we do have unique body clocks, and I've had to readjust mine because I've been doing breakfast radio for 19 years, and so... i've had to adjust and learn how do i you know do my best work if you can say that about talking out loud and playing nickelback for a living but people don't realize that everyone's got their own kind of circadian rhythm how long did it take you to realize that's where you actually could do your best stuff
2: i I think i think i've always known to be honest i've I've never when i was a kid i always i always enjoyed the, the night times i never liked going to bed i always used to hate waking up in the morning i mean i know that's kind of cliche a lot of people do but I remember watching, the, there was a documentary, a BBC documentary about it, and they, they talked about how some people find it physically uncomfortable. To Like, I have a flight out tomorrow morning from Birmingham at uh, six 6.10 in the morning. So, like, I'm, I'm going to be parked by 4 o'clock, and that's, that's nightmarish for me. So what's better for me is to stay up. I'm just not going to go to bed.
0: So basically, you're, you're now just behaving like a teenager.
2: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, <laughs> with the sulking as well because I've got to get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: got to say, I loved uh, I loved your book, Part Reptile. I thought it's a it's a cracking read, and your voice really comes through in it.
2: Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, I had uh, I had a lot of good help with it. I was I was fortunate to have a um, a really good writer to assist me with it. It was uh, quite a therapeutic project, you could say.
0: <laughs> and are you gonna are you gonna write more? Do you think you'll carry on do more books?
2: I will do. Yeah, I'd like to write something entirely myself next time. Um, I have I have probably probably four books that are about seventy or eighty percent complete, so just really need my my entire attention for a month or two. Um, yeah, it, it it made sense to do the autobiography first because that kind of sits as a foundation for whatever else I I want to write about because they're going to be v- varied subjects on, on various different things. So it made sense for the the autobiography to come first, but. It, it, it's such, I mean, I I I didn't, to be honest, feel like I had enough life experience to write an autobiography. And then, second of all, like to sit down and just write about yourself is is very very difficult to do. Um, and and to, and to and to give people what you think what they really need to know about you as well. Like I had this I had a, this this chap helped me. His name's Paul Gibson. He's he was my ghostwriter, and he's an excellent boxing journalist. But he was new to MMA and he didn't really know anything about me, so. We, we sat for hours and hours and just had conversations about things that happened in my life, times that happened in my life. You know, he brought, to, he brought my attention to things that I'd not, even, I'd not even thought about since that happened, you know, but, but they turned out to be quite relevant in the story. So, I, you know, I was grateful for that. And, and I, I couldn't have really written something autobiographical without that help.
0: Also, what I get a sense of, you know, as a fight fan, we really see the UFC countdown and some of the training, like a six-minute montage, and it looks great. It's like a Nike commercial. We see the fight. You know, we get excited if your favorite fighter wins. You get annoyed with them if they don't win. You forget about all the build-up to it and how relentlessly difficult that is, and also how lonely it is at times. And reading your book, I got a really good sense of that.
2: Yeah, you know, for me, that's, that's kind of part of the beauty of the sport, you know, it is that it is that solo journey that kind. Of, it's it's a vision quest, really. I mean, yeah. you know, without wanting to sound cheesy, it really is when, when you put yourself through such an intense, uh, high pressure. Well, you know, the training camps intense. Then obviously the the fight itself is high pressure. Whether it's in a local leisure centre or in in the octagon in Vegas, it, it's it's a high pressure situation where you've got to be a hundred percent at your best. And there's a there are so many factors that go into that. So trying to balance all those things that really, it really helps you understand you, you, who you are as a person and what you, you know, where your strengths and weaknesses are. And I, I think the, the beauty of the struggle is really what needs to be communicated a bit more. I mean, I know the UFC, they like to kind of glamorize everything and, you know, we're all living like pro athletes and driving nice cars and wearing nice clothes and we're doing this because it's really easy and we love doing it and. You know, the, the reality is it's a struggle. I mean, you, you, you saw how Daniel Cormier reacted after John Jones beat him. I mean, you, you can see how much it means to him.
0: Oh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's everything
2: yeah it, it literally is everything it, it literally is
0: and you see for some of the fighters when you when you lose or when you have a loss like that you can see where they walk away and you know that for the next couple of weeks they're going to be questioning who they are as a person not that just they they lost in that time and place but it really makes them question who they are that must be really hard
2: yeah it is and it's and the other thing that's and this is why teams are so it's, it's so important i think and I'd be interested to know how it is in boxing, because boxers tend to build their team around themselves for each training camp. Whereas in mixed martial arts, we tend to have a team which is more like a family that, you know, we we help each other out for fights. So you've always got other people that are going through it and experiencing the same things. So, you know, for for me and for my teammates, I thought it was always important for us to, um, you know, to, to be able to kind of come together after a loss and talk about what happened and why and and how we change it for next time. Because, you know, we all learn from it. And, and uh, I think as a martial artist, I learned that quite early on. That Well, I mean, you know, John Cameron nailed it with, with the name of his book. you know, Win or Learn. You've you got to learn from everything, even other people's mistakes. You know, I've learned so much from cornering other fighters and feeling their grief when they make a mistake and knowing I'm never going to make that mistake myself because I've witnessed it firsthand. Fortunately, it's not on my record, but unfortunately... I, you know, one of, my, one of my brothers experienced it, and I see how difficult that is for him.
0: You're right. The thing I learned uh, doing various martial arts over the years and just dabbling in it really, Dan, is that there's a real brotherhood. Like, well, I did jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a while, and, you know, you'd have guys and women who were there who were trying to basically, you know, submit you and crush your neck. And then at the end of it, everyone would go around hugging each other, and it was genuine. They all knew what you'd been through. You'd shared something together. You'd all had to struggle and be present. And I always thought it was quite amazing how people came together afterwards. And you felt this real connection with everybody.
2: You know, it's, it's such a it's such a beautiful thing, you know, to, to find a common ground with a bunch of strangers, especially in such an intimate environment where you're, you know, you, you, you're trying to strangle each other and sweating in each other's faces. And, I mean, it, it's quite unpleasant. It can be claustrophobic. It can be... It can be smelly. It can be gross. It's all uncomfortable unless you're, you know, it's the best guy in the room. Um, so you you, you do you, you kind of grow together, you know. I mean, I've, I've yelled at my teammates and they, they've yelled at me, and you know, we've we've shoved each other around and 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 then you know we, you know we've cried on each other's shoulder. It, it's there, there is a there is a real strong connection that that comes with that time spent bleeding together. You know, much like. You know like like people in the military you know i I've, I've seen that common bond between yeah. soldiers when I've traveled around to military bases it's I feel a similar thing with my, with my teammates.
0: But what you've chosen and what you've connected to the martial arts as well, because some some martial artists, it seems to me, looking from the outside just as a fan, are athletes and their pursuit of perfection. There are other people that really also connect as well to the spiritual journey and pushing themselves through the discomfort and realising that's where growth is. Whereas a lot of people these days... We're not very good. We're very lazy beings these days. We have very sedentary lifestyles. We we shirk away from anything that makes us uncomfortable, but actually finding comfort in that discomfort, that's where the growth is in life, isn't it?
2: Without a doubt, you know, without a doubt. I, I always talk about, I've, I've had disagreements with coaches in the past about running. Some coaches really love running. Other coaches don't like it. And I've kind of gone back and forth on it because, you know, it's not sports specific. But for me, the, the 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 running the process of running is, is coming to terms with and functioning within that discomfort and and I think you know that's that's a part of the beauty of mixed martial arts and really a part of the beauty of losing you know, there are some guys out there still with unbeaten records and losing is losing is a luxury that some people have not experienced because you can gain so much from it it can it can shoot you off on a different tangent give you a different perspective on things, it can, it can change the people around you, which is always a, a, a good thing to be considering when you're a fighter, uh, you know, especially when you start to get some level of success, there are people that, that you know, come come along, they find their way into the, team, into the team and they might not have the best interest for you. So you, you've got to examine everything after a loss and when you're, when you're at the high level and you're in the spotlight, because you've got so many other people critiquing you as well, it, it's it, it forces you to face yourself.
0: <laughs> you know what? I think it's fascinating what you said about losing is a luxury because uh, one of the best uh, post-fight speeches I've seen in a couple of years is uh, Dominic Cruz after he lost. When he turned up at the press conference, he didn't sit down. He just spoke really openly for 15 minutes after he lost to Cody Garbrandt. Do you know the bit I'm on about when he's just there for 15 minutes being really, really open and vulnerable and talking about life and and what it is to lose, and what does it really mean as a human being? I I watched it a couple of times. I was kind of blown away by it.
2: You know, it's it's one of the few press press conferences that has stayed in my mind as well, yeah. I'm I'm always interested in in Dominic Cruz and his interviews. He's he's a fascinating individual. Mm. You know, he's a real wordsmith. He's got a way of putting sentences together to help people understand where he's at and and the emotions that he's feeling. Um, And, I mean, you know... That did stick out to me because he did. He came in. I remember he stood there. He had his sunglasses on his hand in his pocket. And there was something so some matter of fact about what had happened. It was it was something outside of himself, something that he was able to separate from and re- reflect upon immediately. Which you know, especially if you you know, especially on the journey that he's been on and the ups and downs and the yep. you know the defending his belt and, and all of a sudden this young upstart from you know, the, the prodigy of his nemesis, Uriah Faber. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's a fascinating story. So for him to be able to separate from it and analyse it, it just shows you how smart of an individual he is.
0: Yeah, and he wasn't um, caught up in the ego, because obviously that's no. the hard thing for a lot of fighters, because it's such, it is such an ego-driven thing. I'm going to win, I'm going to dominate, you know, I'm going to submit you. And then to not have that happen by a younger guy, your ego, you've got to keep that in check
2: without a doubt and that that was something that for me i felt was a real turning point for conor mcgregor when when he lost to diaz because there was always a question with with the, with the rise to fame that he had how he was going to deal with that first defeat with that first you know almost embarrassment because with the way you talk with the way he talks going into fights you know i felt that myself before marcus davis there was a point on fight day when i thought to myself oh, you know, if I lose this, I'm going to look really, really stupid. Yeah. So, you know, there's an embarrassment that comes with that confidence that you put out before a fight. And there, there, was, there was always a question in my mind as to whether he was going to handle the defeat well or not. And I thought he handled it excellently. You know, he, he, again, like Dominic Cruz, he separated it from himself. He was able to step back and say, these, these were the things that were incorrect. These are the things I can walk away and and, and, uh, and improve upon. You know, it's, it's a it's a beautiful thing to see, and and I like the ebb and flow of people's careers. I mean, you know, look at Michael Bisping's journey and oh, it's you know, incredible. The that he's been on. You know, he's been he's been almost out of the sport. He's been almost sidelined with, with a, a, a difficult injury with in his eye. You know, there's it's such a fascinating story. And that, he's
0: only got that, one eye, really, Dan. I,
2: I you know I don't know how how much of a function his his other eye is. No. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it must be a problem for him.
0: So how do you then, with all this, this this that you get so much from martial arts and the journey and you know I see your Instagram feed you're enjoying the training you you enjoy that how do you cope with life after fighting are you going to go back to fighting at some point
2: Uh yeah I'm still I'm still not sure how I'm coping with life after fighting to be honest you know it, it affects me on a, on a daily basis because it's it's weird to not have that that as a, as a, um, a a driving factor in my life you could say as as something that brings A need for structure. The structure of my life now is pretty much based upon the UFC fight schedule. You know, I I live around the UFC fight schedule. It dictates, you know, where I am, uh, what time I'm sleeping, what uh, you know, what I'm watching during the day. And then if there's ever a gap in that schedule, I'm watching something on Flow Grappling or Box Nation. So, you know, I'm 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 all I'm completely immersed in the sport, even though I don't have an outlet for it myself. But um, there are are positives and negatives to it. The the frustration is, you know, it keeps me me learning. It keeps me getting in the gym and trying because I still want to be improving myself. I still want to feel that. Um, And the good thing is that I I remove myself from every equation. You know, whenever I'm watching these fights, I'm not analyzing an opponent of mine. I'm not looking at somebody and thinking, how do I beat this person? I'm looking at what they do well and, and trying to, Trying to understand how they approach the sport of mixed martial arts, so it's this this kind of forced time away from competition has has really broadened my ability to see, to to understand how other people view martial arts and how they interpret the you know the well the sport as, as it is. I mean, constantly evolving, always changing.
0: So with all that though, will you ever go back into fighting? Because it must be so hard sometimes when you're sat there commentating and you can feel what they're feeling and you're you must see one these guys are a couple of feet away and you've been there and you must sometimes really feel you know their heartbeat and the, the energy of what's going on them and you feel like god I'd give anything to be back in there
2: oh w- without a doubt without a doubt yeah i mean th- there are so many so many occasions when I- i'm daydreaming about fights and i'm daydreaming about you know how my next training camp's going to i you know i I'll meet with coaches from time to time and discuss things uh, within the past sort of six months, I've, I've I've had a few interesting conversations with people about you know possible future preparations for fights and where I would go and what I would do and you know th- there is still a there is still a drive there. I'd still like to compete. Um, I'd love to compete in mixed martial arts one more time at least. Um, I'd like to kickbox. I'd like to do you know maybe Glory or some kind of Muay Thai. Um, I'd I'd love to do professional grappling tournaments. You know, and I know that at some point in the future I want to compete in something a little more obscure, like kendo, you know, something Japanese sword fight, something like that. There's always a drive for competition, and I like the structure that competition gives me in my life. Um, My timetable, I'm enjoying this journey as a commentator at the moment, and I'm learning so much, and it's allowing me time to heal a few things in my body and um, add a few things to my game, so... Um, I think the opportunity will present itself. I think the the, the right opportunity will present itself, and I think I'll know it when it does.
0: So who is your favourite fighter in the UFC right now? Who is it that really excites you? Who are you looking forward to seeing fighting at the moment? Because, you know, there's a great fight this weekend uh, with Serrani and Till, and uh, obviously GSP and Bisping, but who out of all the great fighters you've got in the UFC at the moment on the roster, who, if you had to pick just one, who would it be, Dan?
2: Uh, that's a, that's a tough question, you know. I, Darren Till is a, a real a real special fighter. I think he's got an excellent opportunity this week, and I'm yeah. looking forward to calling him that fight. The, the two that that always stand out for me, and it's difficult to separate them, is uh, Thomas Almeida and Mirbek Taisumov. You know, the the you know young up and coming prospects yep. that are just that have been outstanding in their career so far. And you look at Almeida, he had a, a small setback, but other than that, he looked unstoppable. Tysonov looks like nobody can touch him. He, he needs a top ten opponent now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see that where they're going to go. I, I'm much more interested in their potential. I I appreciate the fighters that are pound for pound. You know, I appreciate the Demetrius Johnsons and the you know the the, the Daniel Cormiers and and the Joanny Drejcek. But I like to see the the ones that are still kind of forming as fighters, I, and I can see I can see that they're potentially so much greater than anybody we've ever seen before. So. You Know it excites me about where the sport and mixed martial arts is going.
0: And uh, what do you want Connor to do next? I mean, what Connor does next will be up to him and I guess Dana, but mainly Connor. But what would you like him from your point of view, Dan? What would you like Connor to do next? See to fight Ferguson?
2: Yeah, I-, I would like to unify the belts. I think if he's ever going to be considered, you know, he's made more money than he's going to need now. Yeah, family and his friends are set for life he can focus on the things that he wants to do now. What I want him to do is I want him to care about his legacy as a, as a, as a martial artist, which I think he does. And I think the, the right thing for him to do, the temptation is the money fight he has obviously. But the right thing to do is to fight Tony Ferguson and unify the belts. And that's really a shortcut to the top of the division because there are a lot of questions around him. He's, he's, he's had one fight at lightweight and he's yeah. a champion. Tony Ferguson's on this, this ridiculous run of, what, nine, ten fights? You know, if, if Connor can step in there and beat Tony Ferguson convincingly, then he is the champion. There's no doubt in it. Tony Ferguson's done the hard work and cleared out the division for him. You know, then the last question's Khabib, and that's that's a huge fight in the future as well. But the the, the logical s- uh, step is Tony Ferguson, then, you know, maybe a Khabib or a Diaz. Or, there the, the, you know, the lightweight division's so stacked. There are so many guys... I right. think
0: it's one of the most stacked divisions at the moment, isn't it?
2: You know, it always has been as well. I always remember thinking the lightweight division was—it's always been a shark tank. Every single person. You know, I look at the top. Well, you know, at least the top five fighters—they could all be champions. It's—it's it's difficult to separate them, really.
0: Yeah, it's like a Game of Thrones there. You're right. You can make an easy, strong case for any of them to be the unified champ.
2: Yeah, without a doubt, and and I I enjoy the process of them them figuring it out. You know, and. Like Kevin Lee just took a, a shot at Tony Ferguson, he did, but he he fell short right now. But we still look at him in that top ten and think he he's a favorite in most of those
0: fights. Oh know? my word! And you know, when I mean, you talk about potential, uh, Dan, you know that yeah. Ke- Kevin Lee will, I think, if he realizes that potential, he's a future champ. He he looked amazing, even though he lost, he still looked fantastic and exciting.
2: Without, he has that potential, that uh, that personality to back it up as well. You know. That's what we really look for. We need someone, you know, someone to kind of continue on where Conor McGregor's left. And Emily's, you know, he's learned a lot from Conor McGregor, you can tell.
0: All right, one final question, I'll let you go. We have a, a 14-year-old fight fan. He's called The Real Karate Kid. He does uh, Kyokushinkai Knockdown Karate. You ever done any of that? It's nuts.
2: And I've, I've, I've watched a lot of it, though. It's fascinating, yeah. It's a, it's a very hard-headed style of, uh, of competition.
0: Now, um, uh, we're about to speak to him and uh, he's going through loads of old 80s fight movies at the moment and he wants recommendations. When you were a young fight fan, what were the martial arts movies that really you got excited by? For me, it was like Bloodsport uh kickboxer they felt real to me i remember watching that as a teenager that one where van damme's kicking the pillar of a building and the building's shaking and my dad was laughing going no man could do that and i remember getting in an argument with my dad going no i think he can he's trained he could break a baseball bat dad with that leg and the building's shaking that's the chi in him dad it's the that's his internal energy my dad isn't laughing at me but what was the movies for you that you liked as a young martial arts fan um,
2: oh, that's a great question. Well, yeah, Bloodsport was a big one for me. Kickboxer as well. You know, I, I love the Van Damme movies. Um, but the realistically, Enter the Dragon, I, I yeah. used to watch that. I have that playing in the morning before I went to school, every day. <laughs> every-
0: before going to school?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I used to just, I had a video player and, my, and a little TV in my bedroom. And as I was getting ready for school, I would just play it from wherever it finished before, I, you know, when I left the day before. So it was always on. It was always playing. I wore out so many of
0: those tapes. If you ever do fight again, Dan, and uh, it's in the UFC, I want to see one of those UFC countdown videos. But it begins when you wake up in your bedroom, watching that again, getting your <laughs> nunchucks out, looking in the mirror, you know, ripped like uh, like Bruce, and then heading out in a yellow all-in-one jumpsuit,
2: L- Later up my A6 type is my my You've yellow it. Got- <laughs>
0: well listen i'll let you go dan please come on the show uh, again I've, I've loved chatting to you mate you know i find you an interesting soul and i think you're real you're a real true martial artist you throw the very very best in what martial arts do and as a commentator you're doing great work mate you're growing all the time uh, it's a it's a pleasure watching and listening to your journey as well
2: thank you my friend it's been great talking to you
0: cool fact In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Earth. Get number Itch. Knee. San. Chi. Go. Rook. seach At. I could only get up to five. I was never as strong as you when I did uh, Shotokan <laughs> as a teenager. Samster, the real karate kid, how are you? It's good to be here. It no, f- Brian. It feels right, doesn't it, straight away? We can feel this. Doesn't it feel great? No idiot in the corner, off his nut on heroin or whatever, babbling on about grappling with you? <laughs> There's only room for two on the couch, O.C. Brian's That's right. Gone. <laughs> You're like a cuckoo. Out of the nest, Brian <laughs> It's going to be awkward when he's back next week, isn't it? Well, does he have to come back? I mean, one quick call to, you know, have a look in Frank Mir's bag there. You know, say, <laughs> Brian packed it for him. I mean, you know, <laughs> Bri's not coming back for a long time. He can stout in Turkmenistan <laughs> or wherever he is at the moment. <laughs> Bye-bye, like Brian No, sorry, we're not bailing you out. Nice. Now, listen, cool. um, we've just been speaking to Dan Hardy. Wow. Yeah, no, Suicide it was a wow for us. He, he, You know what, he was really interesting. I can't wait for you to hear it. But at the end, I asked him for you um, if you had any fight film recommendations, because I, I know that uh, you've yeah. been getting into 80s fight films, which I found fascinating. So what have you seen?
3: Uh, so I've seen the classic Van Damme one. So I've seen Kickboxer. Yep. Uh, Bloodsport. Yep. Uh, all of those... Um, What's the one I watched the other way? Uh, no, no retreat, no surrender. Wow, that's terribly, reeling.
0: it's t- it's both terrible and awesome, isn't it?
3: It's 80s, isn't it? That's yep. the 80s. Yep. Terrible and awesome. Uh, so they sort of really, I was sort of going like a uh, five mile run after I see that. That's brilliant. The <laughs> the kickboxer one, actually, you know when he's kicking that palm tree? Yeah. I, I don't think I need to say what I went out and, uh, and did after that.
0: What do you go and kick out, a potted plant or something?
3: Well, my mum sort of uh, saw me out in the garden sort of lightly kicking the, uh, the palm tree. And she's a nurse, and she's giving it, what are you doing? I'm like, it's Van Dan. So my, my mum, <laughs> I, 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 love, I love fighting, but she sort of... I'll tell you what, if I became a fighter, I'd get more chance of getting brain damage from her hitting me <laughs> for becoming a fighter than actually uh, in any of the fights.
0: And uh, I love the fact, va- who has palm trees in their garden? The real karate kid. Sorry, you're right, actually. You've probably had them imported yet. Yeah? You're going to rip them <laughs> out the ground as part of your training.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, the one Dan oh. Hardy. Have you seen the Bruce Lee movies? I mean, that's the, that, that's the source of all knowledge for fight fans. It's <laughs> the Bruce Lee movies. Dan Hardy recommended Enter the Dragon, said uh, that he used to watch that, get a load of this hamster, before going to school every morning.
3: Wow. Yeah. Oh, I feel sorry for any bullies in his class.
0: You- <laughs> oh. <laughs> Roundhouse!
3: <laughs>
0: of course, if Brian was here, that's... Enter the Dragon means something completely different for him. Oh, and don't God, let him show Lord you that video, it, huh? OK? Don't. Let me... <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to see that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brian. Please don't. <laughs> now, have you seen any Chuck Norris movies?
3: So, uh, there was one where I, my dad said he's got one for me that I'm going to watch um, next week, where it's something like Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee Fight.
0: Yeah, it's 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 it, like it's a seminal movie. I don't want to say too much. It's one of those where it could only have been made in that time. It's insane. Really? Yeah. Uh,
3: have you how how do you describe it in one word?
0: Barely believable. That's two. I'm saying that though, yeah, but I mean Chuck Norris. When Brian back? Chuck Norris defies <laughs> mere words. Okay Chuck it's, Norris
3: doesn't count.
0: Well, well have you seen uh, Code of Silence? No. Missing in Action, Delta Force.
3: Oh, I might have seen
0: Delta Force. Delta Force is amazing.
3: That rings the bell. It's yeah. honestly,
0: it's a very powerful. So, have you seen any of the Jackie Chan movies, like Police Story, Police Story Two?
3: I've only seen the new Karate Kid. Which? Oh uh, my word! New Karate Kid.
0: New Karate Kid is terrible. You've seen the original Karate Kid, haven't you?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I rewatched that on Sunday. But do you know what?
0: I still think that's a great movie.
3: Oh, my dad watched it with me, and he sort of said it. He thought it would. Uh, he thought it would have aged. He said it hasn't at all. No. I'll tell you what, though. Looking back on it. The 80s was a bit of a different time, wasn't it? With um, with how, where the craft kid was allowed to go with. Um, do you know what I mean?
0: Well, I mean, I uh, don't know. What do you mean? What do you mean? Go with what? Okay,
3: okay, let me, let yeah, me you, you're me not, not saying anything.
0: If you start saying anything about Mr. Miyagi. I'm, I'm just saying. It was he, talked, he was a kind caretaker who looked after that boy, okay? He picked him up in the dark
3: when he was unconscious, Christian. It, well, yeah, hey, come on now. <laughs> it was a different time. Rub <laughs> something special. Oh, oil, no. It's, it's Tiger Bomb!
0: T- <laughs> <laughs> so, are you excited? Let's talk about the fights this weekend, then. What do we think about uh, Cerrone and Till? I think this is quite an interesting one, because as fight fans, we love Donald Cerrone. I'll never not be excited mm-hmm. about seeing him in a fight. However, Till is kind of like a younger 2.0 version of Cerrone. This could be a, re- this could be a really good fight.
3: Yeah, people are counting out Till. They're forgetting that he's unbeaten. I know he hasn't fought any real names, so technically we were all unbeaten in the UFC. But he's... He's he's what? Is he... Is he one fifteen? I think he's 15-0. and 0. So he's sort of a real up-and-coming prospect. I mean, Cerrone had that close-call decision with Laura, which was an amazing fight.
0: Yeah, it was insane.
3: Um, I I think what they're trying to do... He's lost his last two fights, I think. So I think their idea is that they're going to try and sort of get him back onto a winning streak. But I, I don't think Till's going to be an easy opponent at all.
0: No, I, actually, do you know what? It's a very hard one to call. And... One thing about Cerrone is right. When he's bossing the fight, he's at his best. When yep. people are firing back and not being pushed around the cage or back against the fence, he he can. He's not a fighter that breaks, but he doesn't like it when they when they, when they come at him and put him on the back foot and they take his best shots. So if if Till can do that and stay in his face, and answer back and not be uh, broken down by him in the first round, then I think he's, he could it could prove an upset.
3: Yeah, Cerrone's a, a bully fighter isn't he he yeah. likes that pressure when you come back at him he's got an amazing chin but I mean I think he's been finished twice by body shots so he, he's not normally he's not, he's quite often he gets finished so when it comes to the decision most of the time he'll win the decision but he sort of he, he, not, not crumbles you're right? he doesn't crumble but he doesn't like it when someone implements the same game style that he does
0: so let's, uh, let's have a name then who do you think's going to win
3: I, I think Till, he's a future, he's a future Cerrone, but I think he needs a bit more under his belt. Saying that, is, is he from England, Till?
0: Yeah, it's, I think he's a Liverpool lad.
3: Oh, I'd never fight anyone from Liverpool. <laughs> my, my two rules in life, yeah, two rules in life never fight anyone from Liverpool, never fight anyone who can break Tupperware.
0: Break Tupperware?
3: Where Wait, did you get that you, have from? Have you ever tried to break Tupperware, Christian?
0: No, I haven't come to think of is oh. it. Is it tougher than yeah. like trying to rip up a phone book? Is that what they should get the world's strongest man to try and do? Rip up some
1: Tupperware?
3: <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my, my cousin came to me. I think it was last weekend. It was his party. And he said that um, he's about seven. And he said um, that a boy at his school had broken his Tupperware. And I don't know whether he wanted fight advice. I won't go nowhere near him. He can break Tupperware. You've got no <laughs> chance.
0: Stay away. <laughs> No, uh, Brian and I do a thing every week, right? Hero and villain of the week. Who's your hero of the week?
3: Oh, hero of the week. Bear with me one minute. What, why don't you go first whilst I try and... Uh, this find is it. I tell
0: you what. You've learned from Brian. Brian always does this. He goes, "Oh, hang on," as he just <laughs> has a quick Google search for news, MMA news stories this week. <laughs> uh, oh, I've got one. Don't worry. I've got it here. All right. Well, my mind then uh, is Mark Hunt. Um, I'm no legal hero expert. Villain. Right, I'm. I'm. I'm no legal expert, but if you are suing the UFC, maybe referring to Dana White as a bald-headed prick isn't a, a, a very tight case. If that's like Exhibit A, then I just like. <laughs> but I have to say, I'm enjoying his him preparing his legal case online by calling out, you know, the head of the organization that he's suing is quite an interesting one. I feel bad that he got pulled because I like watching Mark Hunt fight. But if you mm. If you do an article saying that you think you've got brain damage and you're slurring, kind of can't blame the UFC for acting on that and going, "Well, we better, we better deal with this because there's so much around at the moment, and rightly so about brain trauma." So, a hero uh, uh, would be would be Mark Hunt uh, for strange reasons, but a hero for me would be Mark Hunt. Who's it for you? It's Hudo. oh Hudo. Ah, my what word! Tell us the story, then. Why this is fantastic?
3: What a warrior! So the Hudo, there was a I think there was a house fire, and he's managed to. He's managed to get out of the house. His Olympic his Olympic gold medal got burnt. He's managed to get out of the house. He's given it, yeah, yeah, I'm still going to fight. How hot, how hot
0: must the heat have been to, to melt uh, 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 an Olympic medal? Uh,
3: how does it turn out when it gets
0: melted? Well, I don't know. Is that Indiana Jones, when that thing starts melting Then you know, in his hand, I think it's exactly the same. Because I think <laughs> that, was a, that was a documentary series, wasn't it, Indiana Jones? A lot of that was fact.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was.
0: Villain for oh, me uh, is, is actually two villains, okay? It's yeah. it's GSP and Bisping. They made, well, especially GSP made a young boy scared in that altercation backstage at some sort of shopping precinct uh, or a mini mart where um after the and I'm done now with the stare downs between those two. It feels mm. like is this how many times have we got to see them just stare at each other? And you know, I love Bisping. I think he's an underrated fighter. I think he talks a great talk. He's he's great, he's great value, Bisping. GSP He's just such a nice guy, but he's, bless him, he's an amazing fighter. He's a Hall of Famer. He, he can't do anything, can he? He's just so robotic. It's not even fair putting him up there, is it?
3: I know, it's, you've, got, you've got the contrast of Biz being this loud, he's um, li- Liverpoolian, isn't he?
0: Or was he man- no, man- not, not everyone is from Liverpool. You seem to think that... Uh,
3: everyone, that that's the criteria You know, it's the, the you palm think, trees in your garden Liverpool. or something, mate. Like, <laughs> Tupperware.
0: No, is he from Liverpool? Yeah, Mark Hunt as well. He's a, he's a Simone, but via Liverpool. I, no, I, I think he's from up north somewhere, but I don't think he's from, like... It isn't go London, Watford, Liverpool, that's it. And then Scotland, Braveheart. <laughs> Basically, Dana White just drives around a big van, driving around <laughs> Liverpool, <little bit> <laughs> grabbing fires, <laughs> going, get in the van!
3: <laughs> oh, Brian's back. So, yeah, so I, I think that it was good with your, your. if you look at your all-time brilliant UFC rivalries, they're all these big, loud-mouthed um, people that genuinely d- don't like each other. Whereas with this, it's it's almost a bit like Biz Bing's trying to create something. Yes, he and is. And DSP's not. That, that's the well, popular.
0: it's not in. G- if I played to GSP. It's not in his character. He was never like that, and I'm glad he's not trying to do that now. Nowadays, mm. they're all such they're all such gobby idiots, and yeah. I'm always I'm tired now. The other thing I read on on the way to come and do this with you is the fact that. Uh, according to Paul Mananashi, is that apparently reliable he's source. in talks. I know, the, the most reliable source there is. He said that talks have begun for him and Conor McGregor, the boxing oh match. Oh, my God. And oh, I got was... so depressed. Oh. Like, no one wants this other than you. <laughs> <laughs> I am i can't handle any more trash talking between them and the whole, you bring the balls, car? you bring the balls, car? I'm done with that. And then the whole corner thing of just yelling, bitch. I, I, we did all that. I'm done for this year and I'm done for next year. I don't want any more. I want to see the return of more gentlemanly conduct between two fighters. And almost like in f- mm. football matches at the beginning where they shake hands and exchange pendants. Do you remember those days? I want that. And maybe the fighters to come out with a little mini mascot each as well and just a bit more gentlemanly conduct in there.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think that it needs to go back. You look at boxing now, look how that's turned out. You go back to, R. Oh, Lee's not the best example, but you go back to that sort of time... They're all gentlemen, all respected each other, great sportsmanship. Now, it's like thugs, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is, you know, um, and I think it's kind of getting a bit predictable, kind of a bit tired of people just yelling at each other's faces and then someone pushing somebody. Dana with just his hand in between them, because that's how we all know that always breaks up to, you know, professional fights. Just, <laughs> don't know how powerful Dana's hand is, it's like, we could just stop, you know, an athlete just by placing a palm on them. The only man who can stop anyone is security, Steve. You know, that's the only person that can stop anyone.
3: Just put Tupperware between them. Of course. A big, uh, big wall of
0: Tupperware. I think actually Dana's replaced his hand and the skin and bone <laughs> and replaced it with a Tupperware hand. Tupperware. <laughs> Which is why no one, you've never seen anyone push it out the way because they can't. They're like, what's what What's in your hand, Dana? Is that what is Tupperware? That? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we got to go. It was a joy talking to you as always. And I think it's going to be very hard for Brian to jump back in, isn't it?
3: It's not going to be easy. I suggest that he doesn't. As as, as, uh, as Ferguson said, put the belt down and walk away.
0: I don't think he's ever had any kind of belt anyway. I think he just uses, like, a uh, string to hold his pants. <laughs> right, enjoy the <laughs> fights this note... weekend, and we'll catch up with you soon. Us! Us! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen